Last time on Low Earth Orbit. In the last episode, we talked uh, about Game Dev Tycoon, which is a Mac, Windows, and Linux game that I think we all liked. Uh, we did get a response on Twitter from at uh, Devil's Curls, who's actually Luke Shoalfield. And uh, he mentioned that there's another game on the App Store called Game Dev Story. And it actually looks really popular. It looks like there were over a thousand ratings. So if you liked Game Dev Tycoon, uh, he's saying you might want to check that out too. On this episode of Low Earth Orbit, we discuss Device 6. man, a simple math problem is the key. A framed number in the room where red meets yellow in a frame. Plus... Welcome to Low Earth Orbit, episode 16. I'm Steve Marmon. I'm Scott Stevenson. I'm Justin Voss. And today we're going to talk about Device 6. Device 6 is a new iOS game by indie game developer Samogo. They're probably best known for their other games, Yearwalk, Beat Sneak Bandit, and Bumpy Road. So we'll start with you, Justin. Can you explain a little bit about how this uh, how device works? works? Uh, sure. So this is a really interesting game in the way that it's sort of constructed. And it's hard to describe without just showing it to you, but I'll do my best. Uh, <laughs> since radio is the theater of the mind. <laughs> um, so the game, what, what little graphics there are, it's actually mostly sort of like a um, like you're reading a book. It's words on a page, and uh, it's occasionally punctuated with these uh, interactive pictures or you know puzzles that you have to solve. And you're following the story of this uh, this character, and you know she wakes up in a strange place and doesn't remember how she got there. And as she you know starts exploring the world around her, the text on the page actually sort of um, it doesn't always flow like left to right top to bottom the way that a normal book would like sometimes you have to you know rotate your device and start scrolling in a different direction or you have to flip it completely upside down or you know there's a a a spot in the story where she goes up a spiral staircase and the text actually spirals and as you scroll through it the spiral spins so you can read all the words like e cummings ios game yeah exactly and it's it's really it it sounds completely insane oh and through all of it there's a really interesting um like almost radio play audio going on in the background with like all the ambient noises and the sound effects you interact with things and a few little pieces of dialogue and it sounds completely insane it sounds like this doesn't make any sense it could not be fun as a game but it's really fun it's a it's really interesting to play cool so what do you think of it scott so is that your review or i mean it's kind of both (laughs) sort of intro and kind of my review (laughs) okay uh so yeah it's interesting I, i i think the the thing I don't know if anybody else would have this reaction or if you guys had this reaction, but when I was when I looked at it on the store, when I was looking at the screenshots, and when I first started the game, there's like this you know '60s like James Bond esque kind of intro, which is super well done, I thought. Um, but it, it definitely made me think it was going to be like a James Bond game, which it is not. <laughs> In fact, if anything, it, the tone to me reminded me a lot of like Night Vale. I don't know how much you guys have listened, but... I've only listened to the first episode. Okay, okay. But it's that kind of thing where it's sort of, like, surreal, and there's... 
it's kind of like if Night Vale, like like met at a bar with mist and you know they, <laughs> they made a book or something like that so so it, it's not it's not like spy novel which is what i thought i was going in for it, it it's more this kind of surrealistic like through the looking glass that was exactly what was in my notes i was <laughs> like i had james bond plus agatha christie plus alice in wonderland plus miss plus zork plus diamond age yeah it's kind of like how i sort of imagine this game <laughs> i'm not familiar with diamond age so we should come back to that but so yeah it, it does sort of in a way function more like a text adventure game, so it is. It's it's basically a puzzle adventure game. So you're you're solving puzzles and you're you're progressing through the story by solving the puzzles. But to me, so much of me, I, I so badly wanted to be more visual that I kind of had trouble getting past that. So it was sort of the the combination of boy, just show me more pictures instead of telling me what the scene is. That plus it wasn't really the milieu I was expecting. So it was it, it. I never quite connected with the game. I mean, it's, the thing I really respect about it is that it's a really interesting artistic vision, and they really went all the way through in that and tried to see well, what did, what would this look like if you were like walking through a book, you know, and and sort of accent with pictures and sound. Sound design's really good. Um, so I really respect that, and I think I'm I'm really going to be curious what the next game is that these guys make. Or, uh, but for me, I I just wasn't. I wasn't pulled in enough. I wasn't immersed enough to want to keep going. I, I just was kind of, I was hoping for some sort of payoff after I'd solved like a set of puzzles. I was expecting kind of more story or something to sort of pull me in more. And I, I just didn't get there. I also would say that I played it on iPhone. Justin, you said you played it on the iPad. That's right. And I feel like the iPhone version is a little cramped. So I would, I would suggest going for the iPad one because looking for long periods of time, you're kind of scrolling around the little book slash map in uh on the phone that can get pretty tedious because you just don't have much runway you know with your finger and i think that was one of the things that detracted from the experience for me too is like as you're playing there's some backtracking so you're, you're basically going back through the map but really it's this weird experience where you're not like walking through a hallway per se you're like walking back through the the words so it, it's a weird thing i think a lot of people actually honestly would like it but just for my personal taste, I really wanted to play it bigger format and much more graphical. And I think I would have enjoyed it much more than or all the same format and just more James Bond. Um, yeah, I also played on iPhone. I had the same sort of experience that you did where it felt like it was a little bit crowned. I was like, man, I wish I why is it actually first I thought, why is this even on the phone? This would be something better on the my big like Mac screen. And then as soon as I got to the part where like sort of rough you have to rotate your device around and actually play, I'm like, well, this is genius. But I think I would have enjoyed it still more on the iPad. Yeah. It would have been a little bit more space. Um but I didn't have quite the experience you had. Like I, I, for me, a lot of games like like Game Dev Tycoon. I'm sort of initially playing. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to like this, you know. And I'm like, I kind of power through for a while, and then often it's like like Game Dev Tycoon. It's really amazing after that. This is one of those rare games where I immediately loved it as soon as like as soon as the opening intro from there on out. I just and, and it just got better and better as I went through, and I, it was just it was been a perfect I think game for me. You know, like I love love the Bond like elements. I like the sort of you know classic you know British murder mystery sort of elements that it has in there, and almost these like weird lost style black and white like you know science fictiony elements that kind of come in as well. Um, I, so I, there's really like a lot of um, you know cool stuff you know in there and. Um, I just really like the juxtaposition of all the different elements. You know, there's like weird things like where you like, you know, you beta test a Venetian mask. Like beta testing, like it's, it's this whole, you feel like you're in the 60s, and like, wait a minute, you know, this beta testing, I guess this is maybe the modern day. Like it's, you know, the time period is very sort of hard to pin down and um, it makes it sort of like, you know, sort of really interesting and, you know, entertaining sort of combination. So I, I, I really enjoyed it a lot. I will say the one thing, you know, to pull something out that, that was suited me really well, something I really enjoyed is it is a game about details. So as you're going through, there are, depending on what type of personality you are, 
there's some things that are just sort of part of the dialogue or that you encounter visually. And in a typical game, they'd be kind of throwaway elements, but it turns out usually if they've called something out, it ends up being useful later. It's the law of conservation of detail. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Work here. Which, yeah. which I really enjoyed. I, I, so that was a thing that was the, the hook I had. It wasn't enough for me to kind of pull me all the way through, but I, if there was more of that, um, I think I would have enjoyed a lot more. I just, I guess in a way I kept thinking about like, take, you know, this formula and put it in the format of gone home. And I think I would have loved it, you know, cause with gone home, I felt like I was there. I was immersed, you know, it's, I gone home. I played lights out and like full screen headphones on. And I was convinced I was in that physical place. And for me, the, the, although again, I, I appreciate the artistry of it, the, the gymnastics with the text were really distracting for me. Like I didn't, I didn't really want to read text upside down. Like that's not fun, you know. But you, you mean you just flip your device? I, I know, right? but that's it's like that. That I don't get any joy out of that. That's tedious for me. Um, and there's actually one. I don't think it's really a spoiler. There's one part where you're reading and you actually have to like hold the screen up to a mirror. Or I did. Maybe there's some other way to do it. But there's some mm, text you can only yeah. read by physically holding the phone up to a mirror, which was kind of cool. But like I like having that all in text form. I, I just I much prefer like the graphical click point and click adventure to the text adventure, you know? So it was, it, for me, it was imp- impediment. Some people might really like it, if, especially if they're really like big into the, the idea of reading fiction, I could see that it would connect with people. Up yeah. I, I really enjoyed that part, especially because I felt like it saved the graphics for the parts where it really needed it, or they really wanted to make sure that the picture in your head was matching their vision. Mm-hmm. But for the rest of it, I felt like, you know, I could fill in my own sort of picture of what's happening here. And I think that the picture I had in my head was probably way better graphics than I could <laughs> ever have accomplished, you know? Yeah. And so I actually really enjoyed that part because then, you know, it allowed me to sort of not get lost in the minutia. Because this is a problem that I have with a lot of games, actually, is that I feel like they don't do a terribly good job of distinguishing between the background, you know, sort of just fluff and mm-hmm. the things you actually need to be worried about and interact with. And I'll get stuck. Like, I'll get, you know... 10 minutes into, you know, a PlayStation game mm-hmm. and they'll be like, oh, you need to go find, you know, the key to this door and it's wherever. And, you know, everything looks like you can interact <laughs> with it or nothing looks like you can interact with it. And so you have no idea. You're like, well, I, you know, oh, the solution is to, you know, open this door that doesn't look like it's openable or you have to, you know, open this chest or you have to go talk to this whatever that doesn't look like it should be interactive talk to the the bear yeah, the exactly. stuffed bear yeah exactly you know if the bears yeah exactly so there's the scene and hopefully this is give you too much away but there's a scene in device six where yeah there's the bears out on the walkway or whatever and by you know if that had just been sitting there in like a 3d game for playstation i don't know what i would have done or if i would have you know it would have taken more work on their part to do that correctly mm-hmm. in a 3d game because then the details that are important have to compete with all the details that aren't important. So did you do you like mist because i think that's what this oh, yeah. is okay. yeah well mist yeah and now mist has this problem too Okay. Um, absolutely. I mean, Mist is still a really great game, but it does suffer from the problem where it is sometimes hard to tell which things you should care about and which things are just there to look at. Well, I mean, and also, like, go back to Gone Home, which you just mentioned before. Like, this is one thing that I liked better about this game than Gone Home. This is, like, I like paying attention to the details and having being sort of having a payoff for that, where you get that in this game. Like, most of the details, you know, have some payoff. Versus, you know, Gone Home was overrun with all these details and i was like you know cataloging them all in my mind and waiting for them to be important and 95 percent of them were not important you know and i ended up enjoying the game anyway you, you didn't see any significance in the 85 three ring fighters <laughs> <laughs> yeah part of this, there's 85 not 84 86 85 that means something uh yeah so i don't i mean so the, the the thing you're talking about like figuring out you know that stuff in a, in a 3d game visually like i actually find that really fun all the all the elements you described that you liked 
here, I think, would flip around for me. Like, I would much rather kind of look around, visually try to figure out in the scene what what stuff you can interact with rather than sort of the, the textual version. That doesn't matter because that game we're describing doesn't exist. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I don't, I don't have a problem with that. And that, that's that's sort of the idea that I like about Myst, you know, and they're working on a new Myst now. So we'll see if that happens, but... Yeah. I mean, I, one thing that I think they are able to accomplish with being, this being more textual uh, than with this pure 3D game is the fact that, like, she's the character you, you're sort of experiencing the game through is sort of very disoriented and lost. And by not giving you all everything she sees and, and also having this kind of crazy text that people like that, that is very, like, has a very non standard layout, I sort of felt very disoriented and, like, I didn't have a complete picture of what was going on. And mm-hmm. more like I was actually in her mindset than if I had, actually like, in a 3D game, I could have spun around and look at the room and everything was just normal, you know? I think that, like, Again, that sort of helped me put me, you know, like put me more into the the space than if it was fully three D. So, do, what do you guys think of the sound design specifically? I'm just curious. I mean, I thought it was really well done. I also thought it was it was like almost perfect in the way that as you read through the text, yeah. it will play the sound effects as yeah, you're reading. It's for really the part good job. The text yeah. you're doing. It's like, and then you know, she heard a branch snap behind her, and then there's a sound <laughs> effect right there yeah. in the game. And it's it's not perfect because they obviously can't tell like what words you're reading. But yeah. it's pretty good. So yeah. and. And thankfully, it only plays most of those the first time through. Because then when you, you know, backtrack and then forward track right. and you have to, like, run around through the text a whole well, bunch of times, well, it doesn't play the sound effects over and over and over. Although they, they do clever things in some places. Like, there's hallways you go down where there's creaky floors. And mm-hmm. it'll be really loud the first time. And you come back and forth. It actually still plays them, but it gets quieter. Oh, clever. You know? So, like, you know, it's because you're like, clue. oh, yeah, this is the creaky hallway that I'm in. Nice. Even though I'm not even reading the text at that point. Mm-hmm. But it's not the, like, you know, the same sound effect. Like, Mist could be like that. You go you back and you hear the same sound effects over and over again. As you're backtracking and you get, like, really tired of the same, you know, the same bird call or whatever it is, you know, same wind sound, you know, so I, I do, like that a lot. I do think one of the, I mean, just to reemphasize, I really feel like this is probably better played on the iPad. I didn't play it on the iPad, but one of the one of the most tedious aspects of playing the game for me is sometimes you have to backtrack quite a bit to do something on one of the maps, and there's a lot, a lot of scrolling, just phys- the physicality of trying to get back, you know, like swiping like 30 times to get back to the other end of the map. So. It's, st- it's still really tedious on the iPad, okay. although I'm just, I'm shuddering to even imagine what this game would be like on iPhone, because, like, it just sounds so horribly, <laughs> like, you know... It, it's well, it's well done given the the space. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I still enjoyed it on yeah. the iPhone. I, I mean, I would put it maybe more on the iPad, but yeah. I still enjoyed it. But they were, I'm not mean, holding my iPhone really close to my eyes yeah. for some really fine, you know, fine text that's in there. It somewhere. can't possibly had the same, you know, quote unquote page layout because a lot of it just wouldn't, just because the the aspect ratios are so different. Like you wouldn't be able to see half of the things that are important if it actually like, you know, because on the iPad it'll be like. A quarter of the screen wide. Well, if you did that on the phone, it would be the size of a postage stamp. Like, there's no way. So, it'd have to do the layout slightly differently. Yeah, I mean, or let you zoom or something. I don't there's know. There's no zooming. Yeah. Okay. So, but, but the layout just must be different. I mean, it didn't. It didn't seem like weirdly laid out anywhere. It just there, there were well, just, it's there all were details that were <laughs> yeah. <point>. No. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed intentionally weirdly laid out. Mm. Yeah. So one other th- thing I wanted to ask you guys about was the there's these little segments that occur in between the chapters. And the first time, I, the first I got, the first one I got to was after, obviously after chapter one, and it's like a quiz. It's like, oh, you know, you know, who was the name of so and so's landlord, you know, and you know, like, how would you rate the graphics and like all these crazy things. I'm like, wait a minute, is this part of the game, or am I giving feedback to the developer? Or I was really confused, and I'm just wondering what what you guys thought about those. I to- so. Yeah, it was weird. The first one, especially, is a really bizarre mix of things because yeah, it asks you. 
you know. Would you consider this a square? Like, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Would you describe this game? Yeah, would you describe this level as a square, a triangle, a circle? And it's like, but then, yeah. Is, the, is, the, is there a right answer? Like, yeah, I mean, like. It's like gonna... part of the game. Like, is it a survey about device six? Or is it an in-game, like, yeah. survey that the character is taking about, like, the whatever's happening in the plot? Like, it's very meta. And it, it's cool. And they, and they get weirder and, like more and you sort of get in on the joke as you do more and more of them um but yeah it's it's really interesting I'm, I'm glad they did them but i'm still kind of confused about like why they were there I, I mean i definitely enjoyed that stuff more than the game oh really because oh. it was it was it was not it didn't it didn't feel so tedious to interact with you know hmm. like it was the the humor i guess for lack of a better word uh, connected with me I, I got i thought it was funny like just sort of the, the postmodernness of it um, but that sort of humor, I think, is part of the reason I think it's very Night Vale-ish, because that is that meta, weird, surreal stuff is totally that, that type of thing. Like, that, if this was, like, Night Vale the game, that quiz would be totally in place for that type of game. So, I, I liked it. I, if I was to guess, I would say that 10% of that stuff actually is received by the developer, the ratings and stuff that you give. Yeah, I wonder how much of that goes. Yeah, yeah I'd be really curious. Because there is, there are points where it's very direct, and they're saying, "What do you feel? What did you think about the interactions of this chapter? Right. What did you think about the graphics or whatever?" Although <laughs> you could interpret that as the player, like the character in the game, is describing their experience being in that world. So it's very yeah. Because I mean, because particularly given the, the sort of other bits you you kind of get about the devices along the way, it's like there's a whole meta aspect of the game that it's not really clear what sort of level you're playing it at. You yeah. know or what you're experiencing at? Yeah, <laughs> it's very cool, and like, and the lines get even more twisty and blurred the farther you get in the game. Yeah. All right. So, do you want to kind of wrap up with our sort of overall impressions before going on to some spoilers? Sure. So, unless we have anything else? Uh, no, no, no. I, I so I I mean personally, I don't think I would recommend it just because I didn't have a lot of fun playing it. But if you're into sort of interactive fiction that sort of thing, I, I think there's a very good chance you enjoy it. That I'm probably kind of in the minority here, so. I think this is the best game I've played in a long time. I can wholeheartedly recommend it. I love what it's doing, you know, with the format. Um, and it's just, it's a lot of fun. I would totally recommend it. Uh, I'm in, with, with Justin. It's definitely one of the best games I've played in a long time. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a really big fan of, you know, adventure type games. Like I, I played a lot of Myst and Zork when I was a kid. And this feels like kind of like Myst meets Zork, you know, like, <laughs> like Mork, half Mork. textual. Yeah. Mork or Zist? <laughs> Zist. Ooh, Zist sounds bad. No, yeah, it's not Mork. Mork. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like the play. It's just a, a bit too short. Like maybe one more chapter, but then it wouldn't be six. But yeah, just. Yeah. No, I, I wish I could have played it a little bit longer, but that's probably a good thing. All right. So do we want to cough to the spoilers now? Yep. Sure. Uh, all right, so now we're going to go into the spoiler section of the podcast. Uh, if you haven't played the game yet, please go off and play it. It's very, actually quite quite quick to get through. So um, we'll be here when you get back done and uh, <laughs> talk about we'll spoilers. <laughs> the magic of podcastery. <laughs> I may have to edit out the word podcastery because that's maybe the worst word I've ever said. If we needed crazy names for our episodes, it would have to be podcastery. So, I mean, somehow. so we're sort of in between recording when i started to say that i mean i i wish like I, the thing i keep going back mentally is when i played portal and when i played any pretty much any of the zelda games like when you're solving the puzzle there's sort of like a magic to them and like sort of a they feel inspired and 
mysterious and you, you kind of get that feeling of like there's some bigger thing going on. And I feel like a lot of the puzzles here were just what you see is what you get. They're just straight up like memorization or, or you know, associating different things. I don't understand, I guess, like how, what the, like what it is that you're looking for that you're not getting. Because I feel like, especially with Portal, like the puzzles are not actually terribly relevant to the overall plot of the game. No, but they're fun to play through. But they're not... The puzzles in isolation Mm -hmm. don't reveal any of the major plot points. Like, you could could divorce them entirely from any plot about Aperture or about, you know, GLaDOS or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, Wheatley or whoever, and they would still be as much fun to play. They're more fun because they have, you know, um, Cave Johnson doing the narration or they have, you know, all the crazy stuff going on. But the puzzles themselves, I don't think, have anything mystical about them well but i mean i I think the thing there is that portal's not really going for a narrative so that it's not trying to sell itself on narrative it's it's selling itself on gameplay sure whereas here it's selling itself on story and i feel like what what i I think would have made me a lot happier playing it is when i got to the end of a chapter or the end of a puzzle or something Mm -hmm. some some revelation of some sort you know would just sort of open up the word i'd say okay well i did all this stuff and the payoff, the emotional payoff was, oh, okay, here's here's some other little detail that I didn't know about. It's like, you know, I, I ran across a family member or some hint mm-hmm. about some bigger arc. Okay. And I felt like once I completed the puzzle, the the payoff was I get to start another puzzle, you know? So yeah. man, maybe that wouldn't bother me if I liked the milieu more. You yeah. know, it was kind of like enjoying being in the world. But for me, it was, I was often expecting James Bond land, yeah. you know, and I got uh, like kind of missed ish i don't even know how you would characterize it yeah it, yeah the the intro is sort of <laughs> i was as, in as, when as i saw the much intro as i really like the intro yeah it's completely way different from yeah. the style of the rest of the game which is i i want that game you know? right yeah, i think this exactly. is like my gone home you know where yeah. it's like <laughs> like missed expectations the thing you you know talked about with gone home is like you were expecting like the creepy whatever mm-hmm. didn't end up being that for me here i was expecting like the james bond like i thought it was going to be like secret agent like yeah you know working my way through mis- uh, some sort of puzzles and mystery and mm-hmm. i was going to be the protagonist right and i guess technically Anna's the protagonist but she's sort of like receiving the events rather than sort of driving them. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. That's no, that totally makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I, I want to see what else. I, hopefully, it'll do something like that in the future. You know, but I uh, know. I mean, the game. Well, it starts to. Be, uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna spoil it for you. Keep playing. I'll just say that. <laughs> just keep playing. I don't know. I really enjoyed just the setting. I liked the surrealness of yeah. it. You know, and I. I well. I'm not sure that I like surrealism in general, but I feel like this particular implementation of it, I really enjoyed. Um, And I liked how it took weird things and put them together. And it felt, you know, weird and strange, but in a sort of like almost believable way. In the way it's sort of like, what I also thought was cool, and it's kind of a nod, you know, to... Dark Tower. uh, I was going to say that. (laughs) But that's what I was going to say just now. Every single podcast for now is going to have Dark Tower in the show notes. (laughs) That's right. Dark Tower, the hell felt (laughs) probably. But no, the thing I was going to say is that it's cool how, like, as you progress through the different chapters, like, the time period of the stuff that you find is kind of different, Mm -hmm. you know? Because, like, in the first one, you see the calendar of the one, it's 1946. And then the next one, it's like, oh, it's like, missile crisis, that could be kind of 60s and then you eventually get to think it's like oh it's copyright whatever 1980 something and like portal does this too as you go through the different well portal 2 anyway 
as you play through, you have to like work your way up from like the sub, 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 sub basement of the facility mm-hmm. all the way back up to the surface. And as you go higher and higher up, you progress through different decades of like the history. Spoiler of... <laughs> for <laughs> no, Portal Two. Not really that big a spoiler, but like yeah. you know. But that's cool, and I thought it was neat how it was like it gave the impression that, like you know the organization who's orchestrating you know all the things in Device Six has been around for a really long time, and here's all the stuff that yeah. they tried, and you're sort of finding you know the history is sort of laying around. That was cool. I, I do like that. I wish there was more stuff like that. Yeah. That, that sort of did because in a way it's. It's sort of a, like, I want to say Monster of the Week, but it doesn't quite apply. But there's sort of this little tiny, you know, episode story arc. And if there was more overall story arc, which... Yeah. One thing that they could have done that would be kind of cool that is similar to this, I mentioned earlier, uh, which is um, Diamond Age. So it's a novel novel by Neil Stevenson. Oh, okay. Um, Not a game. And it's, it's interesting. So one of the things that, not really spoiling too much, is that part of um, the Diamond Age is there's... Um, there's this book, which is basically like this interactive book that one of the characters experiences. And she kind of reads through this book, and it's kind of like, sort of, it's described in a way that's sort of like the game Device Sex, and that it's sort of, sort of interactive, but she's also sort of reading along the way. And at one point, she ends up in this castle, and it's, you know, much like in this game. Um, but, and there's all these different puzzles and things she runs through. But the cool thing about that is as she goes through, what, what the puzzles, each of them are basically teaching her about like how computers work and ultimately she learns what turning completeness is entirely through <laughs> these these brilliant puzzles and, and it's really cool because in the book you as you're reading through them that you're, you're, these concepts are being explained to you and you can like understanding like i feel like I, I understood turing completeness better after reading this book than i did like in the computer science classes i took that actually just you know explained to me you That's know awesome. it's brilliantly like done you know yeah and i thought like it would have been really cool if i can have you it at the end of it if nuclear, it, if, nuclear launches or something like <laughs> yeah because i mean like if, if they if all the puzzles did like to, to your point earlier actually like they were in the service of a particular sort of mm-hmm. you know goal you know and they actually had thematic compl- you know, completeness to them you know so will Shipley's actually mentioned this about the uncharted games like he called uh, i don't know which one in particular he was talking about the one that comes to mind for me is uncharted 3 because it goes through this whole fake history about this like middle eastern civilization which is completely made up and it's only for the game but the thing he said on twitter he's like why don't we just make this about real history like then you could actually learn something from the game by the time you're done assassin's creed 2 is actually pretty good about this yeah we're like as i i've been playing through it a little bit more in the last couple days and as you go through you're like wow there's actually if you were actually paying attention and bothering to remember a lot of these things you could learn a lot about renaissance italy just by reading all of like the little you know notes as you go through the game like, so, well it's like i mean we talked about in our like second episode like my brother did actually play there th- th- go through there after i got back from italy mm-hmm. we had this whole conversation about italy and history and all these things and like <laughs> how do you know any of this stuff you hate history <laughs> and he yeah. learned all this stuff from the game you yeah. know which is cool i mean that's actually yeah that's, that's, great. that's an accomplishment i think that's a good thing i, I could see i mean it's interesting because you, you always have to make that call because like uh, you know when we talked about some games like we said well why is republic at times you know why isn't just straight up berlin Mm. that kind of thing it's like well it gives you more dramatic control of things Mm. i could see in a case of like uncharted which is basically hollywood blockbuster in the form of an action game Mm. they might make the call where it says yeah you know we can do more over-the-top stuff it wouldn't exist right. typically. But yeah, Assassin's but then, Creed... But Raiders of the Lost Ark is based on actual, you know, embellished biblical history. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, there really was an Ark of the yeah, Covenant that has been lost, you know, and I don't know. There's all these legends that surround it. And they're just sort of like, well, what if that particular legend was true? Yeah. It'd be cool if Uncharted... I, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or at least well, has a basis in real history. Well, and some... Actually, some of that, at least in the first game, I mean, you know, Sir Francis Drake is a real character. That's true. So, the, yeah, points for the first one is based on a real person. Yeah. So... Yeah, uh, it, it, can, it can work. <laughs> so anyway, so you guys tease me about the Dark Tower, but I was going to point out there is a pretty uh, 
I don't know if this is deliberately a nod to the Dark Tower, but the bears, like the the animatronic bears, mm-hmm. that's straight from the Dark Tower. Like there's animatronic bears. In well, the Dark there's Tower? a robotic bear. Okay, but there's like the very beginning. Were <laughs> there three of them? Yeah, no, there's only one, but it's it's huge. So maybe it counts as three. I don't know. <laughs> but What's there's that? definitely there's definitely a giant robotic bear in the Dark Tower. <laughs> and when we got to the bears in this game, yeah. I was like, you're like, oh my god. And, and the world of the Dark Tower yeah. is very much like this in the sense that it feels like all these disjointed pieces have been blended together, and like they don't. They're all bits and pieces of the real world, but they're assembled in ways that they shouldn't be. It's like very like so. It's, it's hard to is, is when you say robotic bear yeah. in the Dark Tower, is it an autonomous walking around bear? Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. I mean, the, so the these are like bears are like, or like speaker bears. There's yeah. like stuffed bears with speaker phones in them. But right. the fact that they were bears and like had all the electronics in them and yeah, stuff, I yeah. was like, man, this is really <laughs> even even I, the Dark Tower guy, like <laughs> this is even beyond the usual level of Dark Tower reference. So anyway, there was to, also a Star Trek reference in there. In the first three chapters? Yes. What was it? In the at end of chapter two, in the quiz for chapter two, yeah. there's a, like one of the questions is, how many hearts are there? Oh, well, I oh, thought about like that. I thought about that. Yeah, I thought yeah. about that. Oh, I mean, it, maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's not actually a social reference. I, I interpreted it as being one. I, I, I for sure thought about that. I don't know. I mean, if there were four, I might have. Yeah, there were five. So, yeah, yeah. so yeah. I thought about putting four in my answer, though. So. Which you could have done. Right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I do like how for the, la- more like the last or the second to last one's like, for administrative purposes, please put five hearts here. And you're like, <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening. If you have any feedback on the show, you can reply to us on Twitter at, at Low Earth Show. Or send us some email at feedback at lowerthorbit.fm. I'll see you next time. I guess we're doing this now, right? I guess, sure. This, this is the after dark. <laughs> we're here. We're, we're the spoiler <laughs> section, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the, the other one they did was... A uh, year walk, which is the one. Have you looked and seen it? Mm-mm. It actually looks pretty cool. It's, it's sort of a weird setup. I think the reason I didn't play it is I didn't understand what they're going for. But it was like year walk. Yeah, this thing. Oh, it's like, I've seen Beat Sneak Bandit. I, I haven't I have heard of that, that one. Game. And Bumpy Road. Oh, okay, so they've done a bunch of yeah. So this one's funny because it's like the it's like a Norwegian like adventure fable tale kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It looks kind of crazy. Where are these guys from? Are they from I, uh, Sweden? Maybe I don't know. They look vaguely Swedish. Sweden. Try, try. Oh, does it say Sweden? Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, oh, yeah. There you go. I, I can identify Swedes on site now. <laughs> Aha! How, how do we describe what this game is? It's it's a it's an adventure game, a puzzle adventure game. Yeah, I think that's yeah pretty much spot on. It's it's an adventure game that's got puzzles. The puzzle adventure game. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys want to do? Okay, let me make sure it's recording. Test test. Okay. <laughs> is, it, is it good? It's recording. Yeah. So you could do last time on Low Earth Orbit. <laughs> 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 what do I actually need to say now? I don't, uh, I don't know how. <laughs> on this episode of Lord Orbit, we review. Yeah, yeah, so if you do the, or whatever. Yes, that, yes, part. that part, okay. Hey, uh, what are you eating, pretzel? There's a sticker. <laughs> Something that's not edible. It's not sure. the worst. <laughs> Another name we can't pronounce. <laughs> Something. <laughs> imp- that's how we know we should talk about it on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. No, it's good. It's, 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 it's like, like, say, let's do it wrong, yeah. but do it with authority. <laughs> yeah. Cool. You okay? It's fine. Okay. Cool. Sweet. This is our beat. <laughs> yes. So was that good? Do you think we should do it again? Was it? I think it was cool. good. Okay. Yeah, I think it was fine. Okay, cool. 
All right, so now on to our main topic for today. Sorry, I need to recover because you're like, you said, is this our beat? And I was like, is he like saying this? Is this our like jam or like, no, no. <laughs> this like, like a beat? Like a beat. Uh, this is our beat, right? Yeah, you said we should wait for a beat. <laughs> Got it. Okay. No, this is our beat. I was going to laugh at that mid sentence when she started, so I just had to get it out of my system. Great. Awesome. 